Hi, hey, hello everybody, FPL Teacher here, bringing you Leeds 2, Fulham 3, a topsy-turvy game where Fulham secured a comeback win thanks to some minor nuanced tweaks in the second half. We look at what Leeds continue to do well, how they continue to adapt, trying to alternate between Rodrigo and Bamford up front, while also looking at what Fulham are now doing to incorporate newer and fresher signings into their starting eleven, so that they make a greater difference all across the pitch. Leeds starting 4-2-3-1 isn't as straightforward as it looks now with the likes of Rodrigo and Bamford alternating at centre-forward so that their front four is now contested by, by five different players. At the back, it was even more questionable as Pascal Strikes' return from injury displaces Junior Furpo, while on the right, Christensen was curiously dropped in order for Luke Ayling to come in. So we need to set a precedent for this type of match because for the first time in a very, very long while, we have had two sides known for high-octane, high-tempo pressing face off against each other. Not since Spurs nil, Liverpool nil, when Pochettino first came in coming up against Klopp's genuine, authentic heavy metal football. So you get two types of contests. Either you get an extremely entertaining end-to-end -end stuff full of big chances or you get hot garbage. Really. The answer was both here, as Leeds and Fulham initially had a lot of chances. I think there were, let me count, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 9, 10 chances almost in the first half an hour alone as the ball went back and forth through the midfield bypassing everybody into the final third for big chances everywhere. So the chief surfers in this chaotic wave of a match really were Brendan Aronson. He continuously set up his attacking midfielders, but really it was the central midfielders, Greenwood and Rocker, who came to the fore, coming into relatively free shooting positions in order to take shots from range. So all of this was basically Aronson winning the ball, his attacking midfielders making space, and it was Roca and Greenwood who took shots from range initially. Now, obviously, eventually, Jack Harrison and Rodrigo also had chances themselves to take the lead, and it was then where they had to make a decision either to slow things down or to just play into the chaos. Well, that's exactly what happened. They played into the chaos, and there were almost no further chances after Mitrovic's goal immediately in the 26th minute. Now there is a fine line between organized chaos and hit tennis really. So it comes down to the decision making process of players who are in relatively promising positions. For Leeds, that man was Moreno Rodrigo, who received a lot of the ball from Aronson after winning the ball back. So Rodrigo had two weapons of choice. He could either beat his man and shoot, which he did a lot in the first half, or he would just simply make near post runs and he would wait for the ball to come back from a teammate and he would make his usual awkward twisting header slash shots. It worked a lot in the first half of the season and really this time round it didn't pull off here. So really at this stage for FPL purposes, Leeds attack is not considered reliable unless you are into Brendan Aronson who will do all things good for this Leeds United side. 
Now, curiously, for a really good end-to-end contest, in theory, you are supposed to have both sides having defensive lines that are high, trying to press opponents into offsides and such. But for Leeds, they've created some curious setups to allow a lot of their opponents to have a lot of the ball, and Leeds were trying to block their shots rather than trying to win the ball back instead. There was this moment in the 14th minute where the ball came in from the left-hand side and it left Harrison Reed 1v1 against Ilian Melier. Of course, Melier couldn't save the shot and required a goal-line clearance, but more interestingly was who was supposed to mark Harrison Reed, a defensive midfielder himself. Mark Roca actually retreated behind Melier to almost anticipating that the keeper wouldn't save the shot and he blocked the shot off the line himself. So full credit to him goes there. But it just means that opponents against Leeds, especially those that burst from deep, are very, very likely to get good chances. Fulham, with William now starting on the left and Harry Wilson starting on the right, really just implies that when you look at Fulham's attack or defence, it's really bad it's a bad idea to try and figure out their zonals to see who creates from the left or the right because number one their forwards interchange positions so often Mitrovic is now drifting off to the right side to receive passes that really the state of play does not depend on one side being stronger than the other secondly it also be- it's also because a lot of their ball players are now playing at the back Harrison Reed, Bobby Decadova Reed, their best players on the ball, their most calm players on the ball, are now playing in more defensive positions with Joel Palinia, not exactly bombing the box himself, just un- like, unlike what he did in the early season. So we know now that Fulham press as a unit up front, and at home they do it extremely well. So over here, or being away from home, playing at Allen Road, they chose to spring traps, trying to press the likes of Mark Roca as well as a relatively young Sam Greenwood off the ball. It worked to some effect and it obviously meant that they had a lot of space between Leeds' back line as well as their central midfielders. Now, the way they take advantage of it is they just bomb down the left and cross down the right. A relatively simple plan with the likes of William doing really well in that half space, working with Robbins on the left and Andres Pereira who also tended to drift to the left side in order to create for the right. So once again, You have to ask yourself the question for FPL purposes. Do you prefer a creative force down the left side that rarely shoots? Or do you want to punt on the finisher inside the box? Now, of course, the answer is yes for Mitrovic because he tends to do this thing where he targets a fullback on the the far post against another defender. So that's up to him what his output will be because whatever will be, will be. But we are more interested in the late runners that bomb the edge of the box. Harrison Reed this time round was seen more advanced than Joao Palinia, and it was no surprise that his big chance in the 14th minute just came from the left hand side with a huge, huge cross. Similarly, <clears throat> the corner won of the 74th minute for Bobby Delcotova Reed to score the winner, or sorry, to score the equalizer here, also was one of the left side according to their usual passage of play. The difference between Fulham and Leeds here is that Fulham are more content with holding on to the ball a little bit longer, not immediately playing it forward, despite facing huge pressure from the Leeds defence. They have genuine ball players, even before Tom Kearney came on, that 
are able to break lines in coaching terms to go from central midfield into attacking midfield relatively successfully. And a lot of this owed to the hard running of Andreas Pereira. Pereira himself, of course, is also a dribbler, but really, for FPL purposes, without Andreas Pereira in the side, Fulham simply do not tick. I think it goes without saying that Fulham are investment worthy, especially for the game week 14 and 16 matches against Everton and Man United respectively. But really, it just comes down to who you are willing to bench for the game against Man City. And for Mitrovic owners, you are justified either way. But if you have been on a 3-5-2 the whole while and you want to finally take that leap into the Fulham defense, Harrison Reed is a much more worthwhile investment as a goal scorer and a goal threat compared to Andres Pereira who is more of a creator set piece taker that will continue to take along with his assists. The bottom line here is that we want to invest in the best players from sides that are not necessarily the best. Brendan Aronson and Alexander Mitrovic represent the most valuable players within their sides right now and it just comes down to whether their talismans bring out the best in everyone else or whether they will take shots themselves. For Mitrovic it's more obvious but for Leeds with Liverpool and Spurs away from home in their final three, you are more looking to target their high tempo approach and invest in forwards as well as deep running midfielders if possible. This is FBL Teacher Speaking, bringing you Southampton Arsenal yet next with the Saints now springing yet another surprise to go along with their surprise result.